0: Everything is
1: awesome, everything is cool when you're part of a team.
2: Everything is awesome when we live in our dreams. And welcome. <laughs> that was Everything is Awesome. Give us
3: a stronger welcome. Uh,
2: and welcome. That was Matt and Kim. No, it wasn't. It was Tegan and Sarah with a rap
0: Ladies and gentlemen. Oh, welcome to the Green Majority
2: podcast. This is the Green podcast. Damn it is. <laughs> <laughs> However, thank you, Tyler. Was... <laughs> it was excellent. This was that was Tegan and Sarah with a rap breakdown, which you didn't get to, but you'll hear at the end of the end of the podcast because I know you listened to all forty eight minutes of this genius. Everything is Awesome, which is apparently the Lego movie. I am here what with you, a full house. About, yeah. Everything is Awesome? Yeah. <laughs> Alright, uh, well, I'll consider it. i already made a logo for Beyond Green. Mm. I'm in a full house here today, and we're actually at a house, so look at us go. Moving up in the world. I'm here with David, Maya, and Tyler. What's up?
0: Hey, hey. All
2: I am looking Alright, I'm looking at <laughs> the, the, the action we got from Tyler over here. Mm. This is the this is the beginning of the second half of the first year of the Beyond Green podcast. It's the twenty seventh episode, and what we're doing is something called the lightning round, which we just sometimes do weird things, and that's what's me today. So, Dave, you were starting us off. So you showed me
3: that video by John Oliver earlier. I did. Have you guys seen this? I have. Where he talks about climate change.
1: No.
3: And he, no. essentially, he's really pissed off that. Um, that there would be news stations act, acting as if a poll of Americans saying a quarter of them don't believe in climate change were, were a pointful statistic.
1: Oh, I did see this. <laughs> and
3: he's freaking out and talking about how climate change is a fact and it doesn't matter if your opinion on the fact. And then goes on to do this ridiculous illustration of um, how 97% of scientists uh, agree that climate change is occurring and it's absurd to uh, act as if it's 50-50. mentioned stuff it was on HBO... I'm wondering, like, what the what is the point of like, as, as 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 somewhat satisfying as it might be to like watch that? The fact that it's on television, like, what's what's the point of even of even airing that? Cause it sounds like you're just preaching to the choir the whole time.
2: Well, first you know? of all, first of all, it's a comedy show. So yeah, just... but it's just it's it.
3: it I mean, to me, it, to me, it read more like outrage.
2: Well, I think... Okay. Uh, I think the first obvious point is that it points out the failures in mainstream media. Who doesn't know of these failures, uh, The people who still watch all of this shit. Like, there's there's many, many people who watch a lot of mainstream... Like, people take CNN and its word. A lot of people do. and Or people get a lot of news from those devices. And I don't really see... I don't really, uh... Like, I think... And, and to point out the ridiculousness of how the debate is being con- talked about...
0: Uh, I think it's totally valid. But I think he's, Dave, is
2: absolutely right
0: in that nobody watching it, or nobody who watches CNN and believes everything they say is also watching whatever John Oliver's new show is on HBO <laughs> and then being swayed. Hmm. It's, a, it's a social justice cir- circle jerk. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think they pretend that it's a, that it is anything other than that.
2: Think there's, I think there could be people who might sort of like half watch CNN and not really think about this sort of stuff. And then to get that sort of slapped in the face a little bit by the sort of satirical uh, look at it is, uh, I think it's valid. I think it's purpose.
3: I feel like it's just milking Fox News for like as many, as many like outraged jokes as you can possibly get.
2: But this, but they had MSNBC there. They had, they had all like, MSNBC is known as like the lefty Fox News. and they What were did the MSNBC f- do? Well, they also had, that's MSNBC. They had Bill Nye debates. Yeah.
0: I think the point is to get people who do care already riled up and more willing to, mm. I don't know, post it on Facebook or do something that they perceive as actually
3: doing something.
2: Yeah. Or, or maybe even just if they know someone who's like, well, I don't really know, if, like, you know, maybe, like I think there's a lot of people who would watch satirical things who wouldn't really, I, like, if we can go back to uh, when, when we did Guy Real. I think, like, most people would react to Guy Rale the exact same way. Like, well, who watches this other than, like, other than people agree with us? Which makes way mo- which is a way even more valid criticism given the fact that we're getting maybe 100 views per vi- episode. But we knew people who actually wouldn't have watched anything else but watched that specifically.
3: Wait, what was that last part?
2: Like, we knew people who would normally, who didn't, you know, go into looking at environment stuff, who didn't do other research, who didn't necessarily do other stuff, but they watched it because they liked us, they liked the, the format, like the show. Yeah. And so they were learning something, even though, what well, if anything, what we were doing was even a bigger circle jerk than what John Oliver was doing. I was just so surprised
3: about how about how uninteresting, and how, I, it, just, it just seemed so, so easy what he was doing. He wasn't...
2: But I think I think a part of that comes from the fact that we exist in a, a, a in a bubble, and that there, and that like we exist in a but like it's the same thing as like we exist in a bubble that sort of is generally understands the science of climate change, generally is not racist, <laughs> generally is not misogynist, and so whenever something like this happens, people are always like, "Oh, this again." Like, why do we even bother talking about this stuff? But there's tons of people out there who don't live in this world. Twenty five percent of people, according to that poll that he's literally mentioned, don't think climate change is real. Twenty five percent. Like, if only that that poll itself validates his validates his talk.
0: I think you could say the same thing about, like, you could say say the same thing for the other side. Like, why does Fox News continuously? and through so many different television shows spew the same shit that everybody watching it, they know they are already on the same side. Mm. And it's just, like, I don't think there's anything wrong with doing that. You just have to you have to keep in touch with the people who are on your side. Right. quotes. Um, it's just, yeah, I you don't know, it's just keeping up the same steady stream of communication and reaffirming things that they already believe.
2: Yeah, I think another question is, like, if you were going to create something like that, that you thought might talk to, uh, to the other it side. It just
3: seemed as though all his joke was only that it's absurd.
2: That was a big part of it, yes.
3: So like, it's not to me. It wasn't even a joke. It was just a rant about something obvious.
2: Fair, but that's like at the same time, like the num- the percentage that people took the, like talked about the IPCC report, or the, the amount of people who actually looked at like there was a there was a. Um, there was a, a media breakdown of how much people covered uh, the 800-page, 800 800-page 800 report that the United States put out um, about how climate change is affecting the America right now. And it was like, you know, Al Jazeera America gave it like an hour and a half uh, in the 24-hour cycle. Uh, like, I think CNN gave it like an hour and a bit. MBC gave it like 45 minutes, something like that. And then Fox News gave it 24 minutes. But with each of the, each with each thing, they gave like a highlight and a quote, basically, of like, basically what the gist was. Mm. And the Fox News quote was, Is this President Obama's attempts to distract us from Benghazi? (laughs) (laughs) Like.
3: They're still talking about Benghazi. Yes, they're
2: (laughs) still, like, this is the world that we live in. And I think sometimes a four minute rant that is just, holy fucking shit, what the hell are people thinking? Is 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 to some extent like like there's right after um, uh the kid who got shot for buying skittles, Trayvon Martin, Trayvon Martin got shot. There was a there's a couple like I think John Stewart's first bit on that was basically just a what the fuck world, kind of rant. Well, to yeah, me that was something, something was, that
3: was shocking, right? Was, what Don Oliver was addressing didn't seem anything new to me. I, mean, I suppose in light of the of the report, then perhaps. But
0: but I think the main point like. Yes, it's ranty, and like the whole thing could have been summed up in a sentence. And the part at the end where he has ninety-seven people on one side of the table and three people on the other side was a bit ridiculous. <laughs> um But I do think the point that I thought
1: it was great. <laughs> <laughs> Loved it. Big fan. Yeah.
0: But the like the basic point behind it that yeah, on the news they have one person representing one side and one person representing the other side when so. It, Portrays it as a fifty-fifty percent debate when that's not like actually when you look at the percentage of people who believe mm-hmm. both of those sides. I think that's a valid point that a lot of people don't or like wouldn't think about as they're watching that on TV. Mm-hmm. So I think calling that out is a like even if it's just among the people who are are already on the same side about mm-hmm. climate change generally. I do think it's a valid thing to point out that isn't just a rant.
1: Yeah, I had never of thought of that. Oh yeah, I'd never thought of that. <laughs>
2: I think, yeah because I think that's another thing it it does give people who are who are you know believing climate change a way to like visualize like how absurd if they meet someone who's against it be like, yeah, I understand like one on one, but like look at this and what's actually kind of funny about it is if they always have Bill Nye defending it, then it's really one guy against a multitude of people. It's like Bill Nye's the only person on television who believes in climate change and it's him against a whole host of weird other people who are climate engineers i mean I guess it just didn't
3: it didn't cross my mind that. People wouldn't think that was it was already sort of a, a ridiculous thing, like a right, a play acting.
1: I mean, I feel, I, f- I feel like I understood that the debates themselves or the discussions themselves were generally like I don't know, pointless. Mm-hmm. But I that articulation of that argument was new to me.
2: Yeah, yeah, and it's true. And I think that was I think uh, what's funny about it is I think you know not to get critical or critical, like artistically critical of a four minute joke piece but like the ending I think wasn't actually as funny but it was like kind of the most it was the most it was obviously the purpose of the whole thing was to have they had that idea and it's like this is a good idea we should actually have a portion of it that's a funny idea and then it may not have been pulled off as well as it could have been And the early part I think was actually legitimately funnier as jokes but but I think they really wanted to get that ending part in because of the sort of because of that fact because it's it's an example that you do not see on TV. They don't. They don't ever think that that's a reasonable way of going about things. It's like they want to sort of, you know, preach to the uh, the attacks. Um, all right. So we have two minutes left on this topic. I guess I it's about talks. viewership
3: then. Like, if, if if there's no debate, then there's no viewers, right? Right. You're not just gonna it's like yelling at people that the world is falling apart isn't gonna get you too much viewership.
2: No, but you know, just you know, again, as John Oliver says in the thing, debating actually what you want to. You know, debating a topic of what should be done is a, there's a lot of discussion that can be held there. Like let's just move the debate forward. It's not like they spent a couple of years debating whether that World War Two was happening, and then finally decided it was happening, and then decided whether they should go in on it. That's like it's. I'm
0: gonna go in a completely different direction with a minute and twenty seconds left. All right. Uh, I just find it funny that it is always like Bill Nye the Science Guy or like some. <laughs> It just always seems in the stuff that I've seen that the person arguing on the side that climate change is happening always has to be this, like, personality that people recognize. And on the other side, it's always just some random
3: asshole. <laughs> that way you always have the dynamic of the elites versus the uh, know-how. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's just, yeah, I don't know. It's just a funny, like... I, don't know.
2: I, think, I think a part of it is that they need a big name, and no big name is actually against climate change. Who can't get... Doesn't want to get embarrassed on TV. So, like, just being a, you know, being a climate denier is an easy way to get get money. <laughs> Whereas, like, you know, you could probably just pick any scientist ever who'd be like, yeah, I'm a scientist, and yes, I think climate change is happening because that's what science thinks.
0: Yeah, but I wonder why, like, why does it have to, if it is 97%, <clears throat> like, why does it have to be a big name? Are people less likely to buy into it? Like, how much of the 97% buy into it because it's Bill Nye? talking to them, and how many of them would be on the opposite side if it was random well, scientists see from a right. lab down the street.
2: Well, the 97% isn't people who believe it in the States, because that's 75%. and The 97% is the scientific peer-reviewed journals that have come out supporting climate change. So I would hope that none of those 97 would lose their belief if Bill Nye was like, I'm out, and they gosh like, oh, shit, that's concerning now. <laughs> um, but, okay, so do either Tyler or Maya, do you have something, to, do you, have something you want to bring up? Lightning round, lightning round. Not
1: yet. Maya? I don't know. The only thing I can think of is that yesterday, last night, I saw this article that was like 24 women who have... This is not what the article was called. <laughs> who have stuff to say about food. <laughs> it was like... Twi- like it was, it's a good article name. Yeah. It was somewhere. Anyway, it was like... It was this lady had written it, and it was saying that, I don't know, if you have a woman, I don't know, reporter, she's like twenty five percent, some made up statistic, more likely to represent to quote a few, another woman.
2: Okay.
1: As opposed to like the question that it was bringing up was like, why does it matter who's saying, as long as it's being said, if it's important. Hmm. Um, and it was saying, well, like better represents people. But then, so many of the 24 people, 24 women, who, like, was told, was talked about, were mentioned in English, um, they wrote, like, food blogs. Which I feel like, isn't really what the article was, I don't know, I was very disappointed because I thought, sweet, now I have 24, like, sweet... It just turned
3: out that it was all about food.
1: But it, right. the thing, the way it was phrased was that it wasn't going to be, like, about, like, food consumption, like, how to eat food. The well, way it was phrased was that, I can't, I don't know what the
2: article was called. Like, here's, like, 24 women who actually have important jobs and do important things and know yeah. important stuff, and they'll tell you interesting things about food. Yeah. And what you got was 24 food blogs.
1: Well, I got, like, 8 or 10 food blogs. mm I don't know, I stopped looking at, like, 18, I think.
2: <laughs> so, I, got, I
1: got tired. But there um, got so many food blogs, and I was, like, I was very disappointed.
2: Hmm.
1: I don't know. That's all I can think of right now. That's uh, not very good lightning so, well, topic.
2: So what, what disappointed you about this?
1: Because I thought they have, like, interesting things to say about, like, agriculture, food policy. There's one that was really sweet about immigration and food. Which I feel like never gets talked about, but
2: how did that make sense?
1: Um, like in imi- um, migrant labor and well, legal migrant labor and also a lot of illegal, especially in the states, mm. like in California and elsewhere, I guess. Um, but but it was I don't know. I thought they'd have cool things to say about like policy instead of just like big white men talking about policy. <laughs>
3: But but instead what they were talking about?
1: They were talking about, like, it was like, it sort of just, it seemed like it was breaking women out of that, like, very stereotypical role Mm -hmm. that they, that um, they're, like, prescribed to have or to occupy. And then it just was like, look, there's Super Baller in their kitchen. (laughs) (laughs) And it was like.
2: (laughs) Did you not get any of the point of this? (laughs) I don't know.
1: I yeah. thought that, yeah.
2: So if you were one of those 24 women, what would you have said about food?
1: Oh, um, <laughs> um like I would...
2: <laughs> yeah, I asked that question.
1: Like, how do I not get the bugs to eat my growing greens? Because right now, it looks like my bok choy was in a bullet fight. What's it? An arm fight. Gun fight.
2: Shootout. Fire. Fire, fire. fight. Fire fight.
1: Gun. <laughs> gun. No, but like, gun, gun, like, w- there was a word fire and it has <laughs> to be both. Fire fight. Is that what that's called? That's not what it's called. Yeah. it's Really?
2: Almost certainly what it's called.
1: That's not the word I was thinking of. Gunfire. I was thinking of gunfire.
2: Was it caught in the gunfire?
1: I don't know. Anyway. <laughs>
2: Crosshairs. Crossfire.
1: I wish I spoke English. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Maybe crossfire. All right. I don't know. Just, like, tons of bullets everywhere. But they (laughs) shot
2: your bok
1: choy. It looks like they shot my bok choy, but they were bugs. Mm -hmm. And I want people to tell me how the fuck not to get that. Because if you're, like, an organic grower or permaculture, like, whatever, you can't... I mean, like, I can eat that because I know that it's fine. It's still kind of (laughs) gross. Um... I don't know. That's probably not what I would say. But that is what I, I am going to ask people. But that's but, not what would get me to be numbered. Are like the plants so you could
3: plant next to them? Though?
1: I planted that, so many picks. That
3: freak out bugs?
1: I don't know. I, I planted them in like a cage of marigolds. Mm. Did mm. not seem to help. Mm. Marigolds are fine though. Nobody <laughs>
2: So if everyone on the listening of the Bone is worried about Maya's marigolds, they're okay. Her bok however, looks like it's been in some sort of fight. We're not entirely sure which kind.
1: Of bullets.
2: Of bullets. There A were bullets.
1: involving bullets.
2: Yes. And A I,
1: wild stream of them.
2: I'm going to guess the bok lost this fight.
1: Well, I don't know because I did not see the other guy. Uh, but I presume that, yes, they lost. Hmm. Quite badly.
2: Hmm. So, if I had... So, do you find that, um... Like, I, I've never looked into this fact. I have no idea. Uh, is, is the... Um, is Are women underrepresented in, like, the agriculture or food side of the talk conversation? Is this, like, a thing that, like, women should be more talking? Like, is that, like... Like, it seems to write like, 24 women talking about this thing makes it seem it's, like, 24 women in tech, which is, like, obviously a male-dominated field. So to write something like that, seems like they're implying that case.
1: I don't know, because I feel like... I feel like like similar to environmental studies, like if you look at the student population, there's always so many more girls than boys. <laughs> that is true. But if you look at like science, I don't know. If you look at scientists, I, like I don't even know. I don't I don't actually I have no idea. Mm. Most of things that I read are probably actually either by women or by organizations and I don't know who's writing for
2: them. Mm-hmm. But if any if, if being around isn't tell me anything it's probably women's <laughs> deal.
1: Well then, they maybe they're not underrepresented.
2: Mm. Maybe this article trying to make it seem like that, and they actually weren't. The article I mean, lying.
1: I don't know. I mean, I feel like to some degree they're always underrepresented, even if it's like that's. Right. I don't know. <laughs> but
2: all right, so you are. So what, here, here, here's your chance, Maya. You are, you are oh, don't a. Don't do this to me. you're. You have you you five more minutes in lightning round. I'm gonna make you <laughs> chop for five more minutes. <laughs> You are a woman who is in food <laughs> policy issues, at least interested in that, if you were gonna recommend one way to get interested in it, what would you say they should do? Anyone specifically.
1: I'm, I'm, I'm just...
2: <laughs> if you had to get one person in if one person wanted to be interested or wanted to learn more about food policy, the problems of food policy, organic growing, local farming, whatever the fuck it is uh, that is most important right now, how would how would you recommend they get into the issue? Because that's always the battle. The battle isn't ever, like, once you're into it, how to find more. It's always how to, the first or second thing to get you actually interested in the topic.
1: Um... That's an excellent question. That's a really good question. In fact. Um... I don't know. Maybe... Well, like, I feel like it has to be really, something really easy. Like, I could say... Like, if something, someone is not at all interested. That's so big. <laughs> I don't know.
3: How, how, do, how do you approach... How to approach as an outsider? How you to it? approach as an outsider?
1: I mean... I feel like it... I mean, it's super... It's top, <laughs> Like... How to approach... How to approach as an outsider. Like, it sounds so cliche, but just... Honestly, I would suggest going to a farmer's market, and and talking to a farmer. Hmm. Like, as long as as long as, like, don't ask them if it was picked this morning because they probably got up at four just to get to the farmer's market without having to pick vegetables. <laughs> um, so it was probably picked the day before. Don't ask them that, and then mostly any other question is hmm. it's good. is good. I as have, long as you're not being an asshole about it.
2: <laughs> I have a friend who really wants to start a, a, a hashtag, ask a farmer hashtag, um, which basically has to do with like asking any question at all. And through that hashtag, I learned that cows are most often named by the youngest person on the farm. Or know. the farmer. But if it's the farmer, usually it's just a swear word. So that was like, Bessie? Yeah. Because kids name the, kid, the cows. cow.
1: I don't, I would think that, like, what was interesting was that today I was talking to my dad about why he was growing his vegetables organically, or without chemicals, um, and he said, so I was thinking that we have this, like, moral obligation and that it's horrible to support anything that was made by, like, Monsanto or whatever, and my dad said, like, if it wasn't so bad for his health, Mm. then he would probably use chemicals, um... And so, I don't know, like, I mean, it's kind of, I've never gone up to a conventional farmer and asked them, like, yo, dude, would you spray on this? And you wouldn't even know what it meant. That's not a good, I, I delete
2: that <laughs> what Would you spray on this? <laughs>
1: <laughs> what like chemicals you got for me? <laughs> <laughs> um, either, like, going and talking to a farmer or, like, I don't know, its it's scary. Or look up the... I don't know. Just like, really, anything you open, anything you read, read an ingredient list. Mm. Pick up something that it comes in a box or a bag that is not fresh and read the ingredient list. And like, this sounds so cliche, but like, you either won't be able to pronounce it or like, what the fuck is it doing in there? Like, there's sugar in table salt. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. But it's there.
2: Mm. And it's
1: there because the sugar people want it there.
2: <laughs> and like, Big sugar. Big big sugar.
1: <laughs> big sugar. So, big sugar. Yeah. So they want it. I don't know. Don't trust. Don't trust anybody.
2: <laughs> <laughs> this has been Maya Frogstein with "Don't trust everybody, especially your food."
3: <laughs> and don't ask uh, farmers if it was picked this morning.
2: Yeah, and don't ask farmers if it was picked this morning. Say they won't like going. it. It does. Yeah, that's true. Uh, all right. Well, that was actually. See, you thought you could make it the last five minutes. See, that's the exact timing we need. That we needed. Tyler, do you have a question or a thought you want to pose to the group?
0: I don't know if this is a question.
2: You can just rant for 12 minutes. We will accept that.
0: I'm quite tempted. It's a lightning round, Tyler. <laughs> yeah. It's a lightning
2: round. Anything goes.
0: I would like to um, take the piss out of Rogers, if I could, for a second.
2: <laughs> sure. <laughs>
0: Why not? Uh, <laughs> this is going somewhere. <laughs> don't worry. All right, all right. First of all, they suck. <laughs> Second of all, <laughs> fuck you for renaming the Sky Dome. Fuck you, Mr. Rogers, but not the one with the sweater. Um, but no, the actual there is an actual point here that is environmentally related. I saw a poster the other day for a, a new Rogers plan or mm. membership thing. Uh, and I don't know anything about it other than the quote on the poster or like the catchy tagline on the poster, uh, was that if you bought into this plan, you could get a new phone every single year.
2: I saw that poster.
0: Which is ridiculous on several levels. (laughs) Um, I mean, just the whole... I mean, there's already a massive problem of people thinking that they need to upgrade their phone every time a new phone comes out that has a slightly better camera or a slightly bigger screen. Um, the fact that they're openly encouraging it is ridiculous Uh, and I don't know I think we can talk about like the major problems like climate change or like the whatever western Antarctic ice sheet that is Mm -hmm. melting is gonna fuck us all over indefinitely
2: Uh, no matter what I love I love that article (laughs) specifically because it was like it's already (laughs) happening and it cannot be stopped (laughs) what article was that? the western ice sheet is melting it's already happening and cannot be stopped which means that um, basically... Uh, the largest ice sheet in the ocean... No, like, why, where was the... Oh, the Guardian. Um,
0: but yeah, let's continue. But yeah, I just think, like, our ridiculous consumption of things is a problem that we are very much able to fix. Uh, theoretically able to fix. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just like something... Like, I don't understand what you do to stop bull- bullshit like that mm. how do you like there's the phone blocks thing coming out at some point eventually um, maybe which is the idea if you haven't heard of it the idea that each part of your phone so the camera the memory the i don't know other thing yeah is all contained in a block that you could replace if you wanted to upgrade certain parts without yeah. getting rid of the whole phone
2: it's kind of like making hardware into apps
0: yes um, but it's like one tiny solution that will probably catch on in a super niche market. Uh, the Japanese. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I don't know. It's like it's just such a ridiculous thing, uh, and I don't know what to do about it.
2: <laughs> yeah, what's interesting actually is Rod. If, it, if that idea is obviously terrible, I thought the exact same thing when I saw the poster. But a slight variation of that exact idea actually could create the most sustainable way to move forward. Um, which is the idea that if people get in the habit of understanding what they're doing is renting the services of a phone instead of actually buying a phone, and they had to send back their phone every year back to Rogers, and Rogers could just take the old phone, recycle it, and then reuse it again, then it actually, like, then it actually could be, could be very, could be very, um, sustainable. Uh, I, mean, I think, if anything, that is where we—that is the maybe the only hope we have.
0: I would um, question whether Rogers. I question Rogers' um, <laughs> morality here in recycling the phones. <laughs> and, uh, I
2: have, I have
0: absolutely no <laughs> belief that Rogers actually is going to do this. And I mean, it's a much, like we can talk about phones and we can sit here and come up with a solution in the next ten minutes, but it's a, like
1: That's, the pants <laughs> that I'm
0: wearing are going to fall apart in like two weeks a gaping hole will open in the crotch and I'll have to throw them <laughs> out um, because they're made like shit um, I can say that for basically anything else that I can see in our apartment except for our Christmas tree yeah.
2: uh, which will stand the test of time and the pallets and the pallets <laughs> Um, also the Christmas 2x4 I think is pretty solidly built. Yes the point is <laughs> um,
0: yeah it's just way... like somebody is working on a solution in the phone space nobody is working on a solution in any other space
2: yeah yeah and, and, and part of part of that is why a, a, a bit of me thinks that no baby a lot of me <laughs> thinks that we're that's environmentalists are making mistake when they equate, uh, stopping climate change with a move towards sustainability, because the move towards sustainability is so much harder than stopping climate change, and stopping climate change is incredibly difficult to begin with. But like we have a solution, and we have basically a way to actually do a lot of good to slow climate change with like actual move, a move to um, renewable energy and electrification of most things that we currently use fossil fuels for. And like it's going to be difficult, but at least there's actionable moves you can come up with. Yes, Dave, actionable. I uh, said it again. Um, but but sustainability as a, as a whole set to be like waste free is just a completely different move. Uh, but we haven't heard from Dave or Maya yet. So there's Dave. On the issue of sustainability, how fucked we are in consumption. People sucking. And people sucking in general. No, they suck. <laughs> Got in this on my um,
3: well, I mean, I suppose we were talking about media earlier with, uh, with Fox News and the John Oliver thing. Um, to me, to me, I, I think about the way the, the consumer society views itself, um, as, as an entity, um, it's hard to talk about this kind of thing without talking about like, a... The critique of the spectacle and how capitalism has you eat your own soul um, <laughs> through the through the purchase of items that uh, define you as a human being, but you can you can link it you can link it to that in the sense of um, like the modern obsession with cleanliness and and being new and different as an individual and how that works into the move the uh, goals. Um, of what we can consider this as late capitalism, I guess. Um, which, like every new sleek look that comes out, it's as if you're having a sleek new existence as a person. It's the constant uh, wish to begin again and again and again, as if you always have to start from scratch and say, this is where my life begins now, this is where my life begins now, instead of incorporating the past and, uh, into what you're doing. Um so it's it's a way it's a way to stuff the uh, the the brutal intoxicating void that is the meaninglessness <laughs> of your life with a new couch or a, a better camera that you can use to snap your lunches with <laughs> and share them with your dying grandmother. <laughs> um. Yeah, I said it. Yes, Again. you did. Um. I had a point about the phones. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> We're well, at the meanest void in my life, so the phone seems like an easy one. <laughs> well, first, if you want
3: to sell someone something, you convince them of a void in their life, <clears throat> and then you convince them of your solution to it, which is attachment to uh, an already ephemeral object that you're choosing the duration of its or you're choosing the exact degree of its ephemerality. Um, through your selling of it and you just convince the cycle to continue um, so I don't know like the whole the whole media circle as a whole is a, is, a, is a part of that mm-hmm. um, flashy things and uh, flashy looks I guess my point about the phones was that um, it was more about it, was, it wasn't really about the phones it reminded me of sort of furniture and a class thing whereas like to get something that's durable in this day and age you have to have the money up front whereas the things that you can get that you need that are cheap are probably going to fall apart you just buy a new one that's because you have money coming in you're living sort of more day-to-day in your paychecks whereas to have something that's actually built properly that's going to last you maybe generations as like an heirloom you have to have a ton of money right now so it's 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 a whole class as well like to be Sustainable and you have like in your in your personal life requires a good degree of, of immediate income or disposable income, mm-hmm. or someone like Stefan who uses his couch with uh, a van seat.
2: What? Hey, our van seat couch is brilliant. It's nice. <laughs> you <laughs> um, should have kept the bigger one. I know. I did. Wasn't offer the big one. Uh, Maya, any thoughts? I
1: did, but then I got. I got a little lost.
2: <laughs> um, you can't fill your the void with the uh... fill your meaningless void
3: with a comment. I... <laughs> <laughs> a flashy new
2: comment. <laughs> it can sparkle.
1: Um, you know how to how to get me. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Like I think, I guess this is a very small aspect, but clothing just. Like what? I don't really think this is going to be coherent um, Let's find out. Like there are, um, store secondhand stores in Toronto now that, um, they like they make it trendy to buy secondhand, um, and they're in Montreal too. But the brand, the like name I'm thinking of this Kind Exchange.
2: Yeah, there's two they're, of them now, at least in Toronto. Exchange. They're, they're, they're kind they're Exchange? There are four. There are four Kind Exchanges of yeah. in Toronto,
1: yeah. Hmm. Um, there are two on Queen Street. Oh, wow. Well. Like, almost right next to each
2: other. And then one on Bloor and then one in Danforth.
1: Oh, and then one on Eglinton, yeah. Oh, so
2: there's
1: five. Hmm. Um, but it's like a trendy... It's trendy to take in your, old, your clothes that you don't wear anymore, or whatever you want, to take in clothes and sell them, and to get ones that, um... So you have new things. They are new for you, but they are not new. Right. Um. But then I don't know what how, the. This is more just like a. This is a how it affects me. <laughs> it's like. I find that my, like my my mom likes to show me that she loves me through buying me things. <laughs> and it's very, and because because she is on a different belief or like paradigm person, paradigm of consumption mm. than I am at least trying to somewhat <laughs> <laughs> scratch the surface of um not doing a very good job but I don't know. I don't really have much to say. I think that consumption is stupid and sometimes necessary.
2: Mm.
1: But mostly can mostly is stupid. Like I got we got dinner. We got takeout dinner tonight, and it was like could have been three bowls of soup, and instead there were like eight styrofoam containers for some reason. It was a ridiculous amount of styrofoam. Like why? Like that? The like, styrofoam should be illegal. Mm. There's still. It's not.
2: No, it's not.
1: It's not. No matter. This was a really badass faux place. <laughs> <laughs> but
2: fuck that! It's illegal. We yeah. have 17 styrofoam cups.
1: <laughs> um. I don't know. It seems such a simple, seems such a simple, easy thing that I don't understand. And what? this is, this is, I guess, like I hang out in that bubble oh, yeah. of people who are like, well, yeah, like everything that I own in my life, I can carry on my back, <laughs> and and it's hard to, it's like, I don't know. It's, it's consumption is stupid, <laughs> and it's so tempting. <laughs>
2: I think I think that's, that's an excellent way to wrap that one up. Consumption is stupid, but it's so tempting. Um No I, I, what's funny is when you mentioned the um the styrofoam and how confusing that is, I remember whenever I found someone was angry with the five cent bag tax and that was that was in Toronto until they got rid of it. They got rid I of it? I was blown away, yeah. A couple years ago. That was like one of Ford's like victories just... was getting rid of the five cent bag tax.
1: I still pay five cents for my bags. Wait,
2: what's oh, happened? There, there's some there's some yeah. places that kept it up. Okay. <laughs> um. And that, but not all the plate. But now they don't have to, right? It's not it's not a bylaw anymore.
1: Where does it go? I'm the
2: five sure. cents. It yeah. went. It basically originally they just went to the person. they could just, just had to sell. They oh. it was just like an easy. That was the easiest way they, to make it happen. Was just, but a lot of them donated it to stuff. Most of them were like we donate all our stuff to this place or this thing or this thing. It's like a, you know a goodwill gesture that costs them literally nothing. Yeah. Um. But um. So, so the so we somehow in the lightning round completely unintentionally have managed to touch on I think the three major environmental problems that we face today, which is climate change, food systems, and consumption. Uh, so well done, all three of you, without having any p- prior planning, pulling that one off. Um, so mine, right, uh, just can yes. I go back very quickly? Yes,
0: just to because it go I think it goes to both the point about the kind exchange or use clothing. Uh and Dave's point about um like in talking about something like furniture, things that last a long time and needing money up front for them. Um I just don't think like yes, I can bring my clothes into something like the kind exchange or to something like the volunteer last or a couple weeks ago there was a volunteer thing where people repaired your clothes, like just people who knew how to sew in Toronto. Um, but just stuff is just shitty. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I think this, like, it's specifically in talking about clothing, it's just shitty and it's made to fall apart. And in talking about, um, like to Dave's point, I don't think a lot of things exist that you buy to last. Like Apple, Apple iPhones are designed to go out of style when the next iteration of style, but the phone
3: itself could potentially last years, right?
0: No? Yeah, but it's the like it's that I don't know what you what you call it the implication of what people, um, yeah, like the perceived value of it as opposed to the actual perceived like the physical, obsolescence
2: versus uh, yeah uh, something else obsolescence. I'm, I'm sure, sure. The,
0: the physical components could last longer than people's than the value that people place on them, um, and it's just this like it's this cycle of people buying into it, and so companies know that they can get away with it. Uh, and companies pushing stuff because they know people are going to buy it. It's like if everybody, if the next iPhone or the next, I don't know, Windows phone came out and nobody bought it, like, I don't know. People pay crazy amounts for stuff that doesn't last and that they're going to replace in a year and don't. Like, just don't buy it the next time it comes out and just see what happens, everybody.
2: (laughs) Yeah, and I think uh, (laughs) excellent. um, I I
3: just don't know anyone who thinks that way. Things in what way? Who has who has the the wherewithal
2: and the desire to
3: purchase the the new iPhone every time?
2: Really, I know some people, and they were perfectly normal, nice people. But like, I knew a guy uh, who would just line up for every new iPhone because he was like he saw himself as like an Apple junkie. He liked having the new thing. Had enough money, so he did it. And like, I'm sure he didn't just throw out his old phone. He probably sold it. then um, you know, then it made its way through all the. Yeah, you know, probably had sold four more times for it, and it being thrown out or lost. But yeah, I think it's just, yeah, I know, I knew some people. And it's just like, a lot of it has to do with like, there's, I think something that I think none of us would totally understand, but maybe we would, Um, is, is how brands try to get you that, build a brand loyalty. Like, I've always thought of myself as someone who likes Nintendo. I've never really bought into like, Nintendo never has never made me feel like a certain way. I've never been like, oh, I'm, I like Nintendo, so I'm confident or something. <laughs> Um, but I showed, I showed Tyler these, the something, a couple of videos yesterday of the annual reports of different companies and they're insane. What do you mean? Like, like there's a, like, like Lululemon's annual report of 2013 is like, is, is just ridiculous. The amount of yoga mats that are unrolled while they're telling you how much money they made or the weird commitments to like employee betterment that they have come up with. It was, it was, it was just weird.
3: How many John Galt
2: bags did we sell this? <laughs> <time>? <laughs> But yeah, like it's it's there's there's that like, kind of like getting that sort of idea that you know that that, that buy into a company is is really big in companies sort of stuff, mm-hmm. and whether or not that's successful, with other people is another thing. So I only have four minutes left, so I'm just going to give my pitch for the general thought that I had, which was not necessarily a solution to any of your problems, but at least a slightly bright note at the end of it. And then we'll get you guys on, your guys' opinions on that thing, and then we'll call it a day. But basically. The only—the the thing that allows me to keep having some faith that we're not just completely fucked is thinking about, like, the early 1950s and the 1940s, when things were legitimately very different. Like, if you look—during the 1940s, there was a—before uh, there in, before that, c- like, conservation was big, not using a lot of stuff was big, There was, like, and it was built into, it was built into society. Humans were trained to sort of not use a lot of stuff. They're, like, we sort of were supposed to, you know, conserve when we could. There was a lot of that sort of stuff. And then as soon as, after the war, they needed to, like, ramp up production. And so then they had this, then they had a push to be, use everything. And then you see, like, weird, high, like, Ontario Hydra ads from the 60s are hilarious. Because they're literally, like, power everything. Electricity is the future. Use all the electricity. (laughs) And they.
0: Is Stefan advocating for another world war? <laughs> I'm
2: not That's where advocating. he's going. That's, no. The, what I'm advocating for, and I'm not advocating for anything, what I'm saying is that society can change r- quickly, within a lifetime. You know, it, it's, it's, you know, like, think about someone who was, who was in, the, in the late 1940s, was growing up, and understood this whole idea of we don't have a lot, we don't have a lot, we don't have a lot. It's been constantly told that, and to conserve and, you know, be resourceful. And then suddenly, to now, to this point where the idea that society could have that actually that thought, is insane. And here we are all lamenting the idea. Like, why can we all just think that you know having things that would last would be good? Mm. And there are people still alive who remember when that was the case. Mm. And um, and in the article that I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to write for Alternative Journal right now, uh, my sort of ending point of the fifth of the fifth article, which is sort of the end of the series, is is basically. People environmentalists have to stop seeing growth as the devil, or the growth as um, this is gonna be a huge switch to everything we've talked about before. And so, if you don't like the last eight minutes, the last three minutes of this, I apologize. But environmentalists have to stop sort of vilifying growth and vilifying the idea of of economic expansion because it's because what growth is is not an extension of what we have now. It's it signals a change of some extent. It signals a change in the marketplace. Even if something else is getting easier, something else is getting harder, it signals a change. And growth is the way to change society. It's a chance to actually to change society for the better in some ways. Um, and I think, I like, and, we, and if, you, if society can change as so much as it did from the 40s until now, I think that with a couple of the right technologies, and by the time it's 2060, you're like, man, remember when we used fossil fuels for all this shit? Can you imagine how stupid that was? It blew up all the time. Or can you imagine that we drove our own cars? And again, this is like you know yeah, this is a little sci-fi. But these are yeah, things that, that were. But that was out.
3: still precipitated by disaster. Which all of the change out in the forties and the fifties.
2: Well, the fifties was, was, was the fifties was a ramping up. I'm just like the fifties was really the government deciding that it needed to have consumption take the place of the war in manufacturing. And so they had to ramp up. Man, they had to ramp up a way to sort of get keep American and in, in, in Western manufacturing going. And the way to do that was to start selling more and more shit. And so it was like it was largely participated in the government. Like, can you imagine if Ontario Hydro now came out with an ad that was like, "You should use more electricity." Like Are you talking
3: about a growth that equals less consumption, though? Yes. And, well, what, and what? What is? How does that even work out?
2: Have you not read my articles? I did, but you
3: didn't respond to my comment, which said that, <laughs> which said that even you're still using energy, even if you're not persu- consuming what's considered a material good. If you're consuming a service like massage, mm-hmm. there is still, hypothetically, assuming scientific materialism, that we all are materialists.
2: But that's, that, but that's there is
3: still energy being used in obtaining massage.
2: But that's that's meaningless in the terms of what. um of the terms of of energy that people use, like there's two types of energy being used in that scenario in terms of massage. There's electrical energy, and then there's food energy. Both of those are renewable energies. Both of like could be renewable energies. Electrical energy currently isn't, but it could be, and in food energy again isn't the most sustainable right now. As 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 Maya has been so ca- nice in the previous episodes to point out, but could be as well. So, Well so ahead. could material goods. In, in to some extent, yes, but they have to be one hundred. And again, that's that's fine. But but you can't have a growth in material goods because a growth in material uses at some point we're not of the materials. You can have a growth in energy production and a growth in others and other, in, other in, 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 in like there's a it's well e- assuming that
3: the recycling system is efficient enough that assuming material consuming material goods is equal to consuming energy.
2: Well, Yes, in a one hundred percent closed loop system, there can there can be sustainable growth, which is largely the purpose of the first four blog posts I've written is coming to that point. Um, and the fifth point gets into the net last one gets into the idea of, 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 of rethinking growth entirely. Um, but we're at 50 minutes now. Uh, we can continue the discussion another time, Dave, if you like, I'm more than happy to talk about this, given this all I've thought about for about a month and a half. Uh, do you, any of you have any last thoughts on anything? And Tyler's years can this be fuck Rogers? <laughs> Start with date. Fuck Rogers. Maya. Uh,
1: cook, cook a meal. That is my new solution.
0: Sorry. Fuck Rogers. Back to Maya.
1: Fuck Rogers.
2: Haha. <laughs> so we have three fuck Rogers, one cook a meal. And this has been the Beyond Green Podcast. Thanks for sticking around for the lightning round. It's the slowest lightning round ever. It took fifty minutes. Um, <laughs> however, this is Everything Is Awesome by Tegan and Sarah with a wait, we gotta wait for the uh, rap breakdown from Moly Island. And also go see LEGO movie because woo consumerism. I still think seven's advocating for war. <laughs> Everything is awesome! Deep my body in chocolate frosting Three years later I shot the frosting Smellin' like a blossom, everything is awesome Stepped in mud, got new brown shoes Awesome to win and it's awesome to lose Everything is better when we stick together Side by side, you and I. go go!